Beer with Buffy is a retro-analytical love roast of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. If you'd like to support our show financially, you can find us on patreon.com slash beerwithbuffy. Don't forget to review us on iTunes if you like what you hear. I was told you were coming. The competition is a beautiful thing. We're Slayer's girlfriend, the chosen two. Why should we let him take off? Gosh, I'm feeling chipper. <laughs> Who's for a root beer? Jeez. I don't like vampires. We take a stand and say they're not good. Fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Welcome back to Beer with Buffy. I'm Rex. I'm Josh. And today's episode is season three, episode 12, Helpless. I'm so helpless, Rex. <laughs> Help me. Keanu Speed, Rex. Keanu Speed. Oh, sorry. Reeves be with you. Damn right. So, I'm not, uh. I'm not. Good at religion, so bear with me. That's okay. <laughs> me either. We're going to get through this together. It's going to be okay, man. It's going to be okay. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're pre-drunk. Yes. We've been pre-gaming. Um, I'm not going to make it through all three of my beers. However, I think we do need to point out it is pertinent information that this is the first time we've ever paid for our beer with money from you, the listeners. Yeah. Thank you very much. That feels good. If you'd like to be one of those people who helps us pay for beer, check us out at www.patreon.com forward slash beer with Buffy. Shameless plug here. Yes. Again. It's not shameless. We do good work here at Beer with Buffy. Yeah. Yeah, we do. And if uh, we do say so ourselves. And we do. <laughs> you know it. So, also, just because we feel like setting a bunch of firsts on this episode, <laughs> um, this uh, Beer with Buffy is officially a spectator sport. This <laughs> is the first time there's ever been another human being in the room while we record, besides Edgar. Yes. He's a person, but not a human. Yeah. Cats are people, too. <laughs> yes. We have an episode named that, so that makes it true. Oh, we do have an episode named that, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. And it's coming around about time again that we have uh, an episode with Cat in the title. Yeah. So. It's about, it's, yeah, because it's nearly mid-season. Damn it, Anna, you should have worn your cat ears and we would have had a, <laughs> an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that picked up on the mic. Here, come meow into my microphone. <laughs> <laughs> there, can you hear the cat ears? I heard cat ears. <laughs> <sighs> I think it's time for a mom synopsis. A mom synopsis? Shit, I did run out of pre-show jokes. <laughs> Joshua! What are you doing, Joshua? Now Anna is part of this? That poor innocent girl? There's nothing innocent about her, Mom. <laughs> you were supposed to not laugh. <laughs> Alright, fine. I knew I wouldn't be the only woman in your life. Forever. <laughs> I'm still the most important, though, right? <laughs> sure. Sure, Mom. <laughs> What's wrong with Buffy? Why doesn't she have any powers? You mean, why is Cordelia able to beat up some Neanderthal douchebag better than Buffy? Well, that's a good question. Turns out, Giles is drugging her because of some stupid goddamn thing that the council is making him do. Because it's her 18th birthday. 
Anyway, everything goes horribly wrong, and Giles is a massive dick, but he was technically just doing his job. So were the Nazis! (laughs) And, uh, you know, he comes clean, and he's cool about it, and she ends up having to go rescue her mom, and inadvertently ends up participating in this brutal, savage ritual, regardless, totally accidentally, so that worked out. But then Giles gets fired, and uh, everybody's fine. And Joyce is kind of one of the Scooby gang now, and I'm not sure how I feel about that. Well, I'm part of your Scooby gang, aren't I? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Mom. (laughs) Definitely. Ladies, gentlemen, spiny-headed little creatures. As soon as the sun goes down, down, down. Cold open. Cold open on Buffy and Angel sparring. That is correct. In a very overly romantic setting, mind you. Uh-huh. Like candles everywhere. I mean, it's which, just it's just Angel's living room. But to me... Which is very, very sexy. To me, it seems kind of dangerous to be sparring while there's candles, like, literal feet from you, on the floor next to you. Mm, and you could just land on the fucking candles and you set yourself on fire. That's so dangerous. That's how, that's how vampires can die. Oh my god, that's so dangerous. That's on the list. Yeah. Fire beheading. Yeah? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. He can just... Well, I mean, it's in it's in one of our fucking transition music. People can die from being caught on fire too, so whatever. And beheading for yeah. that matter. Buffy sparringly stakes Angel with a bread. Oh, was it a bread? Yeah. It was I a thought it, <laughs> That's extra funny. Yeah. I thought it was just like a dull dowel or something. Nope, it is a bread. Huh. Good to know. Baguettes are hard to make, by the way. And he was like, "Yeah, penetrate me with that bread." <laughs> He kind of was, actually. I'm a vampire. Oh, you got me, babe. Oh, <laughs> I got you, babe. She, He inquires as to what she's doing or got going on the next day or so. And she's like, oh, I have a date. He's an older man. Likes it when I call him daddy. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> and it's her dad. And then. Yeah, to- I, I don't get. I don't. What's the what's the whole daddy fetishizing thing? Like even jokingly saying, "Oh, I'm going on a date." I would never say that about my mom, but I don't know. Maybe I just have more in common with this crazy vampire with mommy issues later in the episode than I do with Buffy. I mean, yeah, probably. That seems likely. Some people are into shit that seems weird to you. That's yeah, I just guess the rule. Don't like, kink shame. Yeah, Anna. everyone's into weird shit. Jeez. Everyone's into weird shit. Stop stop shaming my kinks. I have a very kinky hose. It's very difficult for me to get water out when I'm gardening. Kinky. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, from here we go to the library where Giles is quizzing Buffy on crystals. Oh, quizzing. Wow, I heard that is something completely different and I don't even know what. Go on. I don't even know what either. <laughs> and we learn that Faith is on a walkaboot. <laughs> That's how she'd pronounce it. Yeah, she's just running around New York City throwing cans of soup at people stealing purses. At least the writers had enough sense to ha- have some like line or something explaining why the fuck 
faith isn't in the episode. Why they didn't want to pay her for this episode. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And I, I just like saying walkaboot. <laughs> walkaboot. <laughs> She's not actually Canadian, though. Jeez. But she said a boot. She said a boot twice. Yeah. And she was not talking about boots. Where did, where did we establish that she was from? I can't remember now. Boston. Boston, yeah. They say a boot, too, apparently. Turns out. So, it's boot. Huh. She's on a walkaboot. Huh. <laughs> so, Giles is uh, stressing Buffy out, yeah. forcing her to study these gemstones that she clearly doesn't give a shit about. She's sad about being the good kid. Requires more work out of her. In comparison to Faith, yeah. yeah. He's like, well, Faith just doesn't have any desire for formal training. And I'm like, wait, that gets her out of it? <laughs> right. That doesn't get <laughs> Buffy out of it. I think Giles's position is Buffy has actual real talent at being the Slayer. Right. While Faith is Good raw she's, talent. Yeah. Like, there's no refinability in her skill. Yeah, she's very unrefined. Hmm, that's too bad. I don't think I don't think Faith could ever be on par Slayer-wise with Buffy. No. She just doesn't have as much money. And as we all know, that's what makes the real difference here. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look at Cordelia. Come on. Yeah. She's the richest, and everybody loves her, even though she's just really mean. A lot but, of the time. But Buffy explains that she's kind of filled with energy and really wants to go out patrolling, so we cut to her patrolling. Yeah. Or really her fighting. Patrolling is done. Fighting is happening. Yeah. A uh, vampire gets thrown and goes down a slide. I really liked the banter here. Yeah. This was actually... It was... It was... Surprisingly... Parker-level banter. It was surprisingly well done. But she says, that was really funny looking. Let's do that again. <laughs> he says, I'll kill you for that. And that? What were you trying to kill me for before? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so Buffy knocks him down again. <laughs> yep. And then she has a moment where she looks like she's having a stroke or an aneurysm. Uh, apparently those just run in the family. Oh, can't talk about that yet. Anyway. <laughs> so he takes advantage of this. The vampire oh, yeah. does. And he knocks her ass down. He spins the stake around on her. And his line is, tell me if I'm doing this right. <laughs> I'm like, oh. oh. And then we get the opening sequence. Yeah. Uh, as it looks like Buffy is about to die. But she manages to get the wherewithal to headbutt him and kind of punch him or something. I just found it rather indiscernible what exactly she did that made him get off of her. I couldn't tell if it was like a punch or a shoulder or a roll or what. But anyway, she manages to knock him off of her. Yeah. And he runs back and just leaps to his death because she's flipped the stake around. Yep. Man, those newly birthed vampires are dumb. Really dumb. <laughs> his, his banter game was on point compared yeah. to every other... New birth vampire that exists. And we go back to the library the next day where Buffy is failing to throw knives. Yeah. Badly. But she did get a few of them to stick. And, you know, if you really think about it, the fact that she managed to do that at all is kind of impressive. Because throwing knives is not easy. Right. Well, she's got a lot of experience. Yeah, true. But her aim and, like, we don't actually see her stick <laughs> no. one in from throwing it on camera. She's been throwing knives for a while, apparently. A while. And it's really sweet because uh, the main thing that she's scared about with her powers being gone 
is that she's get she might be getting sick and won't be able to go to the ice show with her dad. Yeah. And Giles speculates that maybe she has the flu or something like that. Yeah. Which is bullshit. He knows what's wrong. Giles is like, oh, you should rest. And Buffy goes, no, I just need to spend a little more time training. And she throws a knife and we hear glass break. And she goes, oh, I'm gone. Yeah. (laughs) He's got his back to the camera and he's like, thank you. And you can just, you can feel it in the ether that that man's asshole clenched tighter than a nun's chastity belt. I backtracked after she broke whatever she broke uh-huh. to look at the scene again when oh. it showed the target. And the only bit of glass is like a window way the fuck off to the side. I was I was thinking that would have had to have been a window. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> like, whatever, however she threw that, she threw it very hard, which is impressive <laughs> for her in her current state. Right. But she also threw it like 15 feet off the mark. <laughs> it was really good comedic timing regardless. Yes. Beer with Buffy would like to announce a t-shirt contest. A free t-shirt contest. Till August 31st, midnight, Eastern Time. Full contest rules will be on our Patreon. Like you guys! It's totally a contest. So cut to the courtyard. Willow and Oz and Xander are there and they're talking about the situation as as far as the ice skating thing. And Buffy mentions she really just wants to have a quiet birthday, Yep. which I'm not sure if she really just wants to have a quiet birthday or if she just wants to sulk about her powers. Well, she because she mentions here about... How every time she tries to have a party, people die. (laughs) And that's fair. That's a fair point. Yeah. Xander had a vaguely entertaining line here. He says, where's it written that quiet reflection can't be combined with cake and funny hats? Right? Yeah. And I was like... What the fuck is wrong with cake and funny hats? Yeah. And I was like, A, fuck you, Xander. And B, he's not wrong. You know? But this is when we learn officially that uh, she is turning 18. Yeah. And we also get to hear a fun story about how Willow threw up on Woodstock. <laughs> yeah, because they were talking about how ice shows seem like kids shit. And yep. Willow's like, I went to an ice show and I... Scooby on ice. Or not... Uh, um, Charlie Brown on Charlie ice. Charlie Brown on ice, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and she, she threw up on Woodstock. Yeah, her last bit of advice was, <laughs> and if you go backstage, stay away from the caramel corn. I was like, eh, eh. <laughs> I don't like thinking about that because I like caramel corn. Yeah, and puke kind of looks like caramel corn anyway, no matter what you eat. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So cut to Buffy's house. Yep. Where we see a beautiful bouquet with the tickets to the fucking ice skating show. Uh-huh. And a letter saying, fuck you, I'm not coming there for your birthday. My bad. The producers didn't want to pay me to come back. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And I was like, wait, do we really have to see Buffy's dad again? Man, we haven't seen that character for two seasons. Ooh. I bet they couldn't get the same actor. Right? They could have recast him and I never would have known, frankly. Right? We actually, as far as far as I'm aware, we have we will never see Buffy's dad again. And the rest of the show. Yeah, as far as I recall, that that tracks. Anyway, so my issue here, like Joyce 
seemed to have her heart in the right place. She offered to go with yeah. Buffy, but she also opened Buffy's letter, read it, and then proceeds to tell Buffy the entire contents of the letter before Buffy even has a chance to look at it. I don't actually think she read it. I think Buffy's dad told her. No, she specifically said it's all there in the letter. She had to have read the letter. I don't know, because that could be taken as Buffy's dad told her and said that he was going to send flowers, and so she just knows the content of the letter beforehand. I suppose that's possible. If that's the case, great, then I suppose that's okay. I, I'm i going to be the one who tries to give Joyce a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. Exactly. Fine. I'm going to be the first one to destroy her every time she steps <laughs> even slightly to the left. We know. I know. It's just a jump to the left. And then a step to the right. We're going to get sued. Um, <laughs> Fair use. It's for a joke. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're funny here at Beer Every with Buffy. Everything's fine. <laughs> Dance. But she crumples up the letter and really <laughs> wants... Nothing to do with the situation. Yeah, she's... Crumples up the tickets, too, and he's just out tickets that he bought. Yeah. Well, no, I think she kept the tickets, though. She must have, because in the next scene... Well, not the next next scene, but in a minute, she's, like, subvertly trying to convince Giles to suggest that he take her instead. Okay, maybe she did keep them, then. So then we cut to the Sunnydale Arms Inn. Yeah. Um. I want. I've in my notes from here on out call this the OSHA violation hotel. <laughs> well, the place looks condemned for starters. Yes. And then they make it more against OSHA by bricking up doors and windows. I was going to say by leaving murdered people in it or something. I don't know. These people, which we don't find out that they're watchers at this point, but they're prepping for something and there's an ominous crate that's coffin shaped. Yeah. My screen was really dark, so I couldn't really the get a good was look. was really dark. Yeah. I couldn't really get a great look at what exactly was going on, but I got the gist. There was a, some bricks and uh, yeah, some sort of crate where they're keeping this vampire uh, tied up in a straight jacket and chained down. Yep. I assumed, like, maybe it was a, a coffin just for funsies. Yep, and they're alluding that there's some sort of thing that they're planning for the Slayer. Yeah, and that's all that we learn in this scene. He yep. says, the preparations for the Slayer are nearly complete. And I'm like, oh, hell no. Mm -mm. And this guy comes from the same school of British flag flagpole up his ass as the one woman from the, the Power Glove episode. Yeah, yeah. What was her name? Mrs. Post. Mrs. Post, yes. Yeah, because Mrs. Post up her ass. Yes. Yeah. Back to the library. Where it's more crystal study time. Yeah, except this time, uh, Giles is pretty well just ignoring everything she says and is very focused on getting her to focus yeah. on the flaw in the middle of this big gemstone. And she's going on and on about... Uh, ice skating this is where he's she's trying to be like wink wink nudge nudge i think you yep. should take me to the ice show because you're the closest thing i have to a father figure and she specifically mentions brian boitano 
Yeah. <laughs> what would Brian Boitano do, Rex? If I he think, were here right now. I think he would... I don't know. Kick an ass or two. That's what Brian Boitano do. And now I, I'm going to get sued know. by the makers of South Park. I don't know the song very well. I do not have that movie memorized. Yeah, that's okay. I have too much of that movie memorized. <laughs> but this is when we learn the truth about the crystal study. And it has to do with hypnotizing Buffy and drugging her. Yeah. What the fuck, Giles? Like, I I was even thinking, man, there's got to be something that completely exonerates him later. But eh, no, no, he, this is bullshit. Only partially. He was just doing his job. Well, so were the fucking Nazis. Yeah. Goddamn. Anyway, so he, he drugs her while she's hypnotized. She wakes up and he's like, well, study time's over. <laughs> Pats her on the butt and she leaves. I did think it was kind Not of... Not literally. They they didn't do a great job of showing her getting the injection because he's like holding his thumb on her arm in a way. And it's like, no, that's how you stab yourself. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, I'm sure it was a trick well, syringe that... Duh. But <laughs> like you can... They could have done better at, like, not showing it in a way that is obviously fake. Well, even if you take a fake syringe that's really just, like, spring-loaded and dull as fuck, and it just inverts on itself instead of actually stabbing someone, that still looks like it's going in. Yeah. They could have just left it. Yeah. Anyway. Maybe maybe it was too graphic for TV. Yeah, it was primetime television, cable TV. In the late 90s. Yeah. How can that be too graphic? But then they've got like everything smeared with blood later. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. TV ratings are weird. Yeah. People are squeamish about weird things. Like, oh, we don't mind watching you knock that fucker's teeth out, but. Oh my God, you showed a nipple. Yeah. This dude got beheaded, but you showed a nipple. How dare (laughs) you show real human anatomy? No. Yes, it's time to listen. The good guys are always stalwarts and true. The bad guys are easily distinguished by their pointy horns or black hats. We always defeat them and save the day. No one ever dies and everybody lives happily ever after. Liar. In the next scene is one of my favorite parts because we learn the current situation involving Amy the Rat. Yeah, Amy Rat is not having a good time. Well, she is having a good time. Yeah, she's, she's got a new exercise wheel. running on her wheel, just being cute for Willow. Yeah. They're having a grand old time. <laughs> Which reminds me, I saw the cutest fucking corgi today. Oh my God, it was so fluffy. My neighbor has a new puppy, a, the tiniest little corgi. Like, the whole corgi tail to nose isn't even a foot long. I don't even know how to describe to you. Like, we can't get a picture of it, but just Google corgi puppies. Yeah, seriously. And just take a moment to go, oh my god! Like, I don't like little dogs, but if I did get a quote, little dog, it'd be a corgi. Yeah. That's about the smallest dog I could possibly get. Like, I hear they're high maintenance and super energetic, but they're just so fucking funny. They're not really, actually. And cute. Um, a good friend of mine, she has a corgi named Kingsley. Well, I'm going to get and a corgi, and I'm going to name it Amy Rat, and then we're going to get back <laughs> to the show. Okay. <laughs> uh, we then see Cordy talking with 
a, some mouth-breathing Neanderthal. <laughs> anyway, this motherfucker should really be expelled on three oh, accounts of assault yeah. and two accounts of sexual harassment and then arrested and put in jail for the same. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's arguing arguing with Cordy that she didn't show up to the bronze when he was expecting her to. And she's like, well, fuck you. You're, it's your fault for taking my flirting seriously. Right. Which it is his fault for taking her flirting seriously because proven fact, guessing whether or not somebody is flirting in, is scientifically the same ratio of guessing what a coin flip will result in. Interesting. So 50-50? Pretty much. Huh. People cannot tell if people are flirting with them, and people cannot tell if other people are flirting with other people. Like, it is literally impossible for somebody to accurately tell. Either that, or someone's lying. Hmm. Anyway, so yeah, it's still kind of shitty on Cordelia's part. Oh, yeah. Like, we know she fucks with people, but that's not a crime. What he's doing is a fucking crime. Yeah, because he grabs a hold of her. And, of course, Buffy, being Buffy, walks over to intervene and grabs a hold of his arm. And But she's lost her strength. We've seen her do this a number of times where she's like, oh, fuck you. I'll teach you to lay she hands on a woman. Steps in and plays hero because she is a yep. hero. But dude just casually tosses her and she lands back first on a stone bench. Yeah. He, fucking hell, that would have hurt. He fucking tosses her like a rag doll across the goddamn courtyard. And yeah, that looked painful. Yeah. And this is when Cordy actually starts hitting him. <laughs> <laughs> that really pathetic fist pounding thing on his chest, which seemed... Uh, surprisingly effective. Yeah. Anyway. I think he was more or less just taken aback by the absurdity of it. <laughs> right? <laughs> hey, you're not supposed to hit back. Oh. Anyway, cut to the hallway. Yes. <laughs> Buffy is telling Giles that uh, this shit's like really a problem now. And it is. She's not just off her game. She's completely lost all of her strength. And he suspiciously doesn't seem overly worried about it. Yeah. And so now, as viewers, we're not just hypothesizing that he knows why. We know that he knows why. Um, and I really want to punch Giles in the face for, like, the first time ever. Yeah. Yeah. There's a line here that Giles says in this conversation that really fucking pisses me off. Buffy mentions throwing the knives, and he says, what, you, you're throwing, like, a girl? Mm-hmm. And... Oh, yeah. That came out of nowhere. This came up just yesterday. So I saw a video online, and I wish I could find it again, of the greatest Like a Girl sequence I've ever come across. And it was oh. not quite high school, maybe junior high. Like three or four old, slightly older kids pushing this other kid around... And they were dressed in, like, soccer clothes, so they're, like, on a soccer team or whatnot. And they were making fun of this kid, and one of them was telling him that he kicks like a girl. <laughs> and all of a sudden, out of, the si out of the fucking side of the video comes this girl who, like, pushes the bully aside and then kicks him really hard in the testicles. <laughs> 
And she's like, how's that for kicking like a girl? And then walks off. Is this a real video? This is a real video. Oh my God. I cannot find, I, tr- I saw it like a couple years ago and this came up in conversation yesterday. It's not I, like a scene from something. No. Well, I don't think so. Uh-huh. I, I it, saw it years ago. Though. Anyway, it looks like. No, it, lo- it looks like a real recording of like junior high kids. Uh-huh. And like, I cannot find it for, so. If you happen to have seen this video, please, God, send it to us. Send us a link. It is amazing. You can text us a link at 269-743-0783. Oh, shit. They can text that number, can't they? They can. And, hey, leave a voicemail. If you want, leave us a voicemail. Sure, why not? Anyway, anyway, back to the fucking show. Uh, We cut back to the OSHA Violation Hotel. And this is when uh, we find out that Giles is part of this fucking fiasco yeah um we learned that they're watchers and that there's some sort of uh trial going on a time-honored tradition for the slayer to lock her up with a demon with and fuck her powers all up and see if she happens to prevail and she'll be stronger for it yeah yeah nothing archaic about that It's like, or you'll just end up killing your Slayer. Right. Because you blindsided her with some unnecessary bullshit. But honestly, though, what the fuck do they care about a Slayer dying? Think about it. What happens when the Slayer dies? They get a new one. They get a fucking new one. Hey, and then actually, this is probably a conflict of interest because there's all of these watchers in the council who are probably like, I wish I had a Slayer. And they're like, Giles has had this Slayer for three years now. When do I get a Slayer? I have an interesting question. If Buffy dies, there's probably not going to be a new Slayer because Faith. It would just be Faith. Yeah. Faith would just be the lone Slayer. Yeah, we had this conversation a few episodes ago. I don't remember it at all. Was I really drunk? It could have been one of the ones where you were really (laughs) drunk. Every now and then we have an episode where I'm really drunk. Yeah, no, because my question was... Is this just going to be an infinite glitch forever now that there's always going to be two Slayers? And your answer was, no, the glitch is Buffy at this point because she died. We got a new Slayer like we're supposed to. Kendra died. We got a new Slayer. It's Faith like we're supposed to. And Buffy just shouldn't still be a Slayer, but she is. Buffy's the glitch, but she's still better. Oh, yeah. So whatever. She's also been a slayer for longer than the average slayer. It also makes alive. her more interesting yeah. because, yeah. But we get to see what's in the box. And in the box is a crazed, straight-jacketed vampire that they have to feed pills to on an extendaspoon. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you get an extendaspoon? Amazon, probably. Cool. I bet you they have an extendaspoon on Amazon. I want one. I mean, where do you get an extend a spoon in '99? Um, huh, that's a good question. I, I'm sure there Army were Army surplus store. There's they had, Army surplus stores had everything weird. Probably the yellow pages. Yeah, that was that was everybody's <laughs> answer to everything for the longest time. The classifieds in search of one extend a spoon. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Yes, I have one right here. <laughs> It's lengthy, but I consider it carry-on. Oh, that's gross. (laughs) Uh, That's that's an Ace Ventura reference. It is. It's not just me being 
Completely gross. It's just me being kind of gross. We should figure out what kind of deal this is. I mean, is it a gathering, a shindig, or a hootenanny? Well, gathering is three mellow song stylings. Shindig, dip, less mellow song stylings, perhaps a large amount of malt beverage, and hootenanny. Well, it's chock full of hoot, just a little bit of nanny. Giles does, in this scene, obviously show some signs of discontent with the situation. Well, no, at the he's, very least. He's not happy about it at all. Um, and he should have listened to his inner voice about that from the beginning. Oh, yeah. Instead of letting it go as far as it did. Like, to the point where you're, you're giving her injections without her knowing it? That's fucked up. I have things to say about this, but it's best left for the tail end. Okay. We'll get back to that. Sure. So, cut back to the library where the Scoobies are researching what's wrong with Buffy and why she's lost her powers. Yeah. Oz and Willow and Xander are all being really good friends and trying to actually find a solution to this. Willow says, oh, here's a curse on Slayers. Oh, wait, no, it's lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> and then Oz and Xander get into a debate about kryptonite. Yeah, they did. Because, I mean, uh, Xander's point is maybe there's some sort of, like, kryptonite thing that is taking her powers. And that's a, honestly a valid fucking option. And, of course, Oz needs to uh, have the bigger cock in this situation and be like, I know more about Superman than you do. Kryptonite would kill him, so that is a false analogy. Yeah, because it's red kryptonite that takes his powers away, and that's what his point is. I had no idea there were different um, kinds of kryptonite. There so. are there are a lot of different kinds of kryptonite. Now, I was not a Superman fan when I was a comic book nerd, but I looked up the different colors of kryptonite. <laughs> of course you did. Sorry, gold. Gold kryptonite is the color that takes his, Superman's powers away. I love gold! But there's, there's green... <laughs> Gold, my red, pinky was a key. Blue, orange, and yellow. And my favorite one, I shit you not, there is periwinkle kryptonite. Periwinkle. Periwinkle. Go fuck yourself. And you know what it does? It does exactly what we want to have happen here on Beer with Buffy. It gets you drunk. <laughs> it makes Superman lose all inhibitions. I was going to say, does it make your ice cream taste better? Because Willow would like that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Willow would be all about that. Well, maybe next time. And then Willow and Buffy step away and they discuss... Well, okay, they kind of discuss. They start to discuss what if Buffy losing her powers is permanent. And I'm actually kind of surprised that they never once speculated that maybe this is a result of the weirdness and the fluke of her being alive when she should be dead. Yeah, that was kind of what I thought it was going to be at first. And then they didn't even they didn't even try to go that route. No. They had plenty of time that they could have, you know, yeah. done a scene or two instead of what they did. But instead, I learned something fun about kryptonite. Yeah. So that works too. Um, but then Giles shows up and he obviously says he did not find anything to help. Yeah, he's still acting funny and a bit guilty. And Buffy just trusts him so much yeah. that she doesn't... He could have been acting ten times as funny as he was and she wouldn't have thought a thing of it because that's how much she trusts him. And you know what? 
up until this fucking episode, he completely 100% without a doubt earned that trust and he is throwing it the fuck away. Yep. Because of his job. I will be pissed if this doesn't have lasting repercussions to their relationship. I think it does. It definitely changes their relationship greatly, yeah. if I recall. Um, and then we cut back to OSHA, OSHA Violations Hotel. Shitty basement. Uh, where the vamp is starts screaming. And these two dumb bastards Ugh. that are working for Quentin, <laughs> the, the head guy. Yeah. And they're sleeping in shifts, and one of them's like, hey, it's your shift. And so this this other one goes to tend to the vampire in the box. Does not think through his order of operations. Well, he just woke up. Come on. Uh, okay. Honestly, that is kind <laughs> of a valid point, depending on what kind of sleeper he is. I suppose. Um, me, personally... I have no fucking problem functioning on routine tasks like that immediately upon waking up. It's anything past routine tasks that are fucked. <laughs> Is it pretty routine for you to use an extended spoon to feed a vampire in a box? I mean, I imagine if they've been at this for like a week, it probably would be. <laughs> it's becoming routine. Yeah. I mean, you've got to do something for a month or two for it to become a real habit, though, Rex. But he opens the fucking sarcophagus coffin thing you have enough bad habits rex oh i have plenty of those (laughs) (laughs) so yeah this guy's had plenty of time and literally nothing else to do than to try and free himself yeah and they're not doing a very good job of making sure that he's not freeing himself the dude opens the coffin and then realizes he doesn't have any water in the glass so he goes to the fucking kitchen to fill it while he's in the kitchen zachary kralik yeah his name Kralik rips the shoulder seam of his straitjacket, which, damn. I'm sure they're solid shit. Oh, God. Yeah. But he tears the shoulder so he has one arm free, uh, fakes not being able to see the pills, makes the dude get really close so he can grab him, and he grabs him and kills him. Chokes him to death. And he does this thing. (laughs) He's like, shh. Everything's okay now, as he's choking this guy out. Yeah. I'm like, wow, that was that was unexpected. This is the first glimpse of the just excellentness of this va- this vampire. He's he's a fairly decent one-off vampire villain. Like, he's not perfect, but he reminded me a lot of Dexter's brother. Yeah. Which yeah. I looked it up to make, because I thought it was the same actor for a minute. No. It's not. I know who the actor is, and I know why you think he looks familiar. I noticed that he was in a few things that I've seen, Walking Dead for starters. Yep. He played what hold on. He played Joe. Remember the guy who led the gang that Daryl ended up with of the the gang that is like, oh, that's claimed. I claim that. Oh yeah. That dude, the dude who ran that is the actor who plays this vampire. Oh neat. Yeah. his name is Jeff Cober. And he has been in a fuck ton of shit. Yeah, it looked like he was pretty accomplished. And he is. He, he is. was very good for this role as well. Oh, yeah. Excellent. Like, probably one of the better one-off villains we've had in a long while. Yeah. So much so that I was kind of like, man, they could have made him a villain for like a few episodes. Really could have had some good suspense going on with him. Yeah, they kind of wasted it. But, oh well, what are you going to do? Buffy... You made some bad choices. 
He just might have to live with some consequences. This isn't over. If I have to, I'll go all the way to the mayor. Cut to Angel's, where Angel gives Buffy a book. A poetry book. Yeah. But she's not super enthused about her gift. And Angel specifically says, points out that she doesn't seem very super enthused. Well, he does this thing that really bothers me. He's like, so you really like it? And she says something that's kind of a clue in that she doesn't really like it. And then he makes, he kind of makes fun of that. And I'm like, God damn it. This is why I hate birthdays and Christmas. Because I don't like feeling pressured to pretend to like shit that I'm being given. Yeah. Did you write down his line? Um, I got quite a few lines from this. I'm not sure which one you're... The uh, severed arm in a box. <laughs> because I want you to read it in the angel broody voice. <laughs> the parts that I got were... Or what if I just become pathetic, hanging out at the old Slayer's home, talking people's ears off about my glory days, showing them Mr. Pointy, the steak I had bronzed. Yeah. That was funny. I fucking loved that. <laughs> but yeah, uh, the severed arm line is before that. So what is it? Something about a severed arm? There it is. She's looking at this book and he says, you really, you really like it? She says, of course I do. <laughs> it's sweet and thoughtful and full of neat words to learn and say like wilt and henceforth. Then why'd you seem more excited last year when you got a severed arm in a box? <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, it's just suddenly... There's this chance that my calling's a wrong number, and it's just freaking me out a little. And that was, I should have wrote that down as a quote of the day. Yeah. <laughs> there's a chance. The wrong number line is good. Suddenly there's this chance that my calling's a wrong number. <laughs> and that took me a second. I was like, whoa. I like how your broody, <laughs> your, your broody angel has slowly transitioned to... Kind of a broody piano. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, this is um, where Buffy learns for the first time that Angel saw her before she became the Slayer. Yeah. Which you would think she would think was really creepy, but actually thought it was really sweet. Because she's worried. She's like, oh, but I'll be boring and nobody will love me. And why would you love me? I have, hold on, I have the quote If I here. don't have my powers. He says, because I could see your heart, you held it before you for everyone to see, and I worried that it would be bruised or torn. And more than anything in my life, I wanted to keep it safe and warm it with my own. Because I'm so broody about it. She says, that's beautiful. Or... Taken literally. In incredibly gross. <laughs> he said I was just thinking that too. The delivery on these couple of lines, though, is just so fucking perfect. Because it really encapsulates that they have been a couple and have been around each other for so long. It does. Well, and then it really complements this cut over to the shitty basement where we see Zachary... The vampire, Kralik. Yep. And he's licking his fingers and humming gaily. Yeah. After having eaten the dude that was trying to feed him the pills. He's quite the jolly fellow. He is, indeed, in fact. And so this guy turns into a vampire that he killed really yep. quickly, but whatever. Breaks Kralik out. Yeah, without any instruction whatsoever. You know, I guess vampires just take care of their own. 
And so they're like, oh, let's go kill the other dude. Yeah. And then cut to commercial, and then Giles shows up. Yeah, Giles is coming in the front door uh, on the main level. Because this that's all in the basement, right? Nope. With the guys? It's the main level. Oh, it's all the main level? Yep. I thought it was a basement this whole time. Nope. All right, so the shitty main level. I mean, to be fair, they bricked up all the goddamn windows. It would feel like a basement. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, what's the only difference is, is there's not dirt on the other side of the walls. And maybe they only showed it at nighttime. Yeah, that too. I'm pretty sure they did only show it at nighttime. That is correct. I can't do it. Yes, that, <laughs> that is correct. There you go. All righty. So um, he immediately finds blood on the railing as he's calling around for Quentin. Yep. He uh, breaks off a piece of the railing lattice work as an impromptu stake, uh, which I thought was very resourceful. Yeah, good, good instincts there, Giles. Yeah. Uh, and finds the other dude dead. Why Kralik didn't turn him into a vampire too is really dumb to me. Well, he, he said he has trouble... Sometimes he sucks people too empty and yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, what are you going to do? And then we cut to the streets of Sunnydale. Mhm. Buffy's walking home. She gets catcalled. Yeah. Don't fucking do this. Stop it. You're a fucking asshole. There is no time ever in the entirety of existence, that catcalling is going to get you any positive result whatsoever. Well, especially... Stop fucking doing it. Well, and this was worse than a catcall. They treated her like a whore. Yeah. Um, They're like, hey, how much for a lap dance? <laughs> like, they yeah. literally offered her money for sexual services. Yeah, that's... That's worse than catcalling. wrong. Yeah, that's fucked up. And I'm, like... God, I wish she had had her powers because I just wanted to watch her beat their fucking asses. That's very violent, Rex. They fucking deserve it. Yeah, that's true. So we hear some humming that sounds familiar. Yes. As she's walking through a residential alleyway. Something about alleyways. Doesn't matter yeah. where they are. They're always creepy. Kralik grabs her. She breaks away and she manages to run. And she... Acts smart as fuck about it. Starts screaming at the top of her lungs immediately. Mm -hmm. Takes off running. Tries to flag down a car. And the fucking car just swerves and goes around her. Fuck that asshole. Yeah, that was some bullshit. But the next car is Giles. How he knew where to find her is interesting. Right? Does she have a tracker bracelet for fuck's sake? Uh well, we oh, know wait, no. we know that technology exists, but he would be able to use it. Yeah, His computers are evil. He can't even <laughs> hardly use the computer in the library. That's true. So maybe it was a spell. Maybe she has a charm bracelet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's go with that. Or maybe it was just damned uncanny timing. Yep, that seems more likely. And they get to the library. Giles comes clean about the rite of passage bullshit. Buffy's pissed. As she should be. Mm-hmm. But the key here is he explains who Kralik is. Kralik was a serial killer 
who then got turned into a vampire in a mental institution. Uh huh. So he was already a crazy, violent, murdering fucker, and then someone took his inhibitions away. Wouldn't that have been ironic if he became like the nicest vampire ever? Right? That seems how things work in this world. Kinda, yeah. Ah, whatever. So, Buffy feels deeply betrayed. As she should. As she should, and she does. Uh, Cordelia walks in with the (laughs) worst, but the best timing ever. Oh god, is the world ending? I have to research a paper on Bosnia for tomorrow, but if the world is ending, I'm not gonna bother. Yeah. (laughs) There's some heavy shit going on, and Cordelia's just, like, almost purposefully, willfully uh, missing it, which creates this really fun juxtaposition thing because Buffy's like just got tears and makeup streaming down her face and she's like I don't even know you and for her to say that to Giles is fucking heavy well and Cordy responds with uh do you have amnesia has (laughs) she lost her memory (laughs) because why else would she have said that right and Cordelia doesn't come down out of the clouds until Buffy's like, Cordelia, can you take me home? And immediately you can see the gear shift in Cordy's head where she's like, I got you, sister. Yeah. So that was a really nice moment. Some really nice solidarity between the two of them. Definitely. So I did get her line as they were leaving. She said, but if the world's not ending, I'm going to need a note. (laughs) Yes. And that was funny. (laughs) I did not write that one down. That was a good one. (laughs) Uh, Cut to Buffy's house where Joyce fails to maintain an understanding of how the fuck vampires work. Yeah, she was two steps away from her goddamn doorway if she had just ran back inside the second she realized it was a vampire. Your daughter is the Slayer. There is a weird noise outside. You go to the door and you see a body wrapped in your daughter's coat. Laying on the porch. Do you go look at it? To be fair, she thought it was Buffy. But all you have to do is take two big steps backwards. The moment Kralik reveals that it's him, you're inside your house and safe. Yeah. And he would have had to have been damn quick to grab her before she got back in the house. Now, we don't see how he grabs her, but (gasps) I feel safe in assuming... He left a picture on the door that Buffy found inside the house. It was just, how did he do that? So the door would have to open outward for him to leave that on the door and then close the door. Because there's no way she invited him in. the door was still open. The door was still open. Okay. But the picture was on the inside of the jam. He would have had to be, be able to have reached his hand into the inside the house. Huh. It was a little too far into the house. Yeah, seems like it. Oh, well. Shit happens. That's nitpicky. Yeah. (laughs) But. I'm writing an angry letter. But. So Buffy returns home. She finds the picture that Kralik left. Yeah. And she saddles the fuck up. (laughs) She packs a bag like a new mom going to an amusement park. You know, except instead of diapers, it's filled with pointy things and holy water which i think you really should have taken care of a baby too yeah i mean all those god i don't like kids all those blood sacrifices for christian babies yeah those are important yeah but i mean you know christian babies aren't a thing you can't force an infant to pick a religion that is correct unless it's 
the cult of Keanu Reeves. Yeah. We can force that on your babies. Hold on, though. The cult of Keanu Reeves has no sacrificial rites. Also no. true. Yet. That we know of. No, it's about being excellent to each other. You can't be excellent <laughs> to each other if you're sacrificing people. Semantics. You're saying we can't have excellent sacrifices? Correct. <laughs> Fine. For the sake of digression, <laughs> I choose to agree with you. Cut to the the basement. Here, we're finally in a basement of the OSHA Violation Hotel. Yay! Where Kralik is giving the rundown of what happened, what's going on with him, and what his plan is to Joyce. Alrighty. His plan is to turn Buffy so that when Buffy becomes a vampire, she kills Joyce. Oh boy! He says of his mother, but she's dead to me now. Mostly because I killed and ate her. (laughs) But also because I know I won't be alone much longer. I have a problem with mothers. I'm aware of that. (laughs) (laughs) This scene sold this villain for me across the board. (laughs) He's excellent in this scene. What are you doing, Joshua? (laughs) I don't think this character is a good influence on you. I don't think you should be watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer anymore. Shit, I almost spit beer all over my microphone. He's giving you ideas. Don't you dare kill and eat me. (laughs) All right, Mom. Oh, fuck. I won't until I become a vampire. Buffy shows up and she's going about this methodically and systematically, showing that she really knows what the fuck she's doing. Despite mm-hmm. the fact that she has no powers. Uh-huh. She blocks the door to keep it from locking behind her. She goes in, sets down her tool bag in a space that is central to the main room. Uh-huh. So that she can get back to it. Yeah. Um, And starts slowly going through the, the main room, looking in all the corners and shit. Unfortunately, she doesn't see when Minion Henchman Vampire Dude... Pulls the stake that she used to block the door and locks her in. I didn't see that either. I did see when she opened the door up to a brick wall. And I was like, aha! Fake doors! Yeah, fake fucking doors! Come on down and and, and get your fake doors! Are you tired (laughs) of all those real doors that go into other rooms where people might be? And you have to do things? Well, you don't have to think about that anymore with fake doors! Some real fake doors. Real fake doors. <laughs> All right. So that's that's my weekly Rick and Morty reference. There you go. Moving along. Is this for me? I must be ready. I need my strength. Strength. Give, 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 give me more. Nights I shall give, walk give, in give, here. Give, 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 give. Hold on. You've got something here. And then we cut real quick to the the library where What's-His-Face shows up to talk to Giles. Giles is like, no, I've already invalidated your trial. I've told Buffy everything. And Douche Magoo <laughs> says, oh, it doesn't matter because Buffy already entered the, the OSHA Violations Hotel. So fuck you, Giles. She's already in the trial. It's, it, it is commenced. And so Giles is like, oh, well, fuck you. I'm going to go help. And he runs off. Yeah, he told that guy to go fuck himself. Yep. And cut back to the OSHA Violations Hotel where 
Buffy fights Minion Vamp. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't kill him, but she does trap him under a bookshelf and then beat him fucking senseless. Yeah. She stomped on his foot, uh, managed to get away, ran across the room. He come after her. She tipped over a giant bookshelf on top of him. He's pinned under the bookshelf. And then she grabbed... I couldn't see what it was that she grabbed, but she grabbed something from the side and then beat him with it till he stopped moving. (laughs) And, you know, he's not dead, but hey, he is not having a good day. And really, when it comes down to vampires, that's all you can really hope for. Yeah. And then I couldn't tell what she was beating him with. Was it a lamp? I couldn't tell what it was either. Yeah, okay. Good. Not just me then. Um, But then she runs into Kralik. And Kralik gets damn kinky with a cross. Boy, he does. (laughs) Well, I don't know about kinky, but when you can use a cross as a back scratcher, goddamn. He grabs the cross from her and and moving it down a little too low. uh, (laughs) Like, uh, maybe not necessarily below the belt, but damn close. Just a little lower. Oh, yeah, right there. Oh, oh thank you yeah, very that's much. That's the spot right that's... there. <laughs> and Buffy is thoroughly disturbed. See? He gets kinky with the cross. <laughs> Fine. All right. So uh, she's running up the stairs. He grabs her leg through the lattice yep. work, and she trips, in, but makes it upstairs anyway. And she makes it into this room that's filled with Polaroid pictures. He had to have bought so fucking many packets of Polaroid film for Seriously, his camera. Seriously, those cartridges only had like 10 to 20 pictures yeah. in them. Not very many at all. And if shit it was, was more than 20, I would have been surprised. Shit was expensive, too. Yeah. Like, my yeah. grandma burned through that shit like water at every family gathering ever and honestly if you didn't kill her there's only so many fucking pictures you can take (laughs) yeah there's got to be plenty of duplicates there right were those all of joyce yes jesus that's too many i love this chase though they do with him and her because it feels very slasher serial killer-esque it does they do a great job of that well you know what so So you know what happens next? (laughs) He literally busts through the wall and goes, oh, yeah. (laughs) He does. (laughs) Well, okay, he doesn't go, oh, yeah, but he literally busts through the wall. Like we've been joking, making Kool-Aid Man jokes for two episodes now. And now this motherfucker (laughs) literally busts through the wall. And I'm like, damn it. And we already used the Kool-Aid joke in a title for last episode. I was just, I was ahead of my time, I guess. Damn. (laughs) Fine. He catches her in the hallway. And then all of a sudden he has brain pain. Yeah. This time he's having an aneurysm. Yeah. And he needs his pills. A vampire that needs pills. Is he like just... Did they get him addicted to something, do you think? uh, Here, before he was turned, he was in a psychiatric hospital. Uh Uh-huh. Is this related to that? But if it is related to that, why did him turning into a vampire not cure it? Right. Yeah. So I think maybe you're right. Maybe they got him addicted to something. But what the fuck drug can you get addicted to that when you haven't taken it, it makes you, like, seize and have an aneurysm and painful, like, whatever. And the brain can't even feel pain, for fuck's sake. He's already dead. He's a vampire. It makes no sense. It should be completely moot one way or another. 
But Buffy sees that, oh, he needs these pills. She takes the pills from him and then proceeds to jump head first down a laundry chute. Mm-hmm. Talk about guts for a girl who knows she's not fucking invincible anymore. Yeah, like that could have, like, even only one story is a long fall. I lived but, in. I mean, it, all you'd have to do is, like, expand your arms a bit and you've got a little bit of control over the speed. That depends, though. I lived in a house that had a laundry chute. You know where it opened up? In the ceiling, directly vertical to the floor. Ooh, yeah. Not in the wall like this one did. She got lucky. <laughs> right? <laughs> she tries to untie Joyce, who's in the basement, but can't. Mr. Kool-Aid Man busts through the fucking door, and he comes down, and he's like, Oh, I want my fucking pills. <laughs> I need my drugs. Pills. <laughs> got pills here. <laughs> oh, God, I love that game. Left, left for, for dead. dead. That's a Left for Dead reference, just yeah. in case anybody's wondering. The moment he drinks the water, that moment, before it was revealed, I'm like, she fucking switched it with holy water. Oh, see, I thought she had, like, maybe switched the pills with, I don't know, rat poison or something. I thought she switched the pills, but it made more sense because they, the way they showed it when she put the holy water in her pocket, like, that was obviously going to be yep. important later. Yep. So... That made way more sense. But no, her line is great. It says, If I was at full Slayer power, I'd be punning right now. Mm-hmm. And mm. that, I think, confirms that her ability to one line is part of her power set. <laughs> it comes with being a Slayer. <laughs> I like that. That's that's canon. It, it might as well be canon. Yep. So Giles busts in and, uh, well, because... Buffy's trying to free Joyce and yep. she's not strong enough to pull the ropes off and Giles busts in and kills the other vampire. Yep. And so, okay, you're, you're baby steps, baby steps getting a little bit, getting back a little bit of trust. Tiny, tiny bit. You're trying real hard, Giles, but it's going to take some time. Yeah. And then we cut back to the library. Yep. And where... What was this dickbag's name? Quentin. The Satchel of Richard's name. Do ingest a Satchel of Richard's. It's way better than I could do it. You're welcome. He's being such an asshole. They wrote him exactly the same way that they wrote Mrs. Post. Yep. And, and I was like, blah, blah, blah. He's an asshole. I get it. And he's lecturing Buffy. And he's like, we're fighting a war here. Giles replies, no, you're waging a war. She's fighting it. There's a difference. Which, that's a damn good line. Yeah. Um, but no, Buffy is pissed. Yeah. As she should be. Her response is, I think you should get out of town before I get my powers back. Get the fuck out. I don't think she needs her powers back to fuck this guy <laughs> no. up. He looks like a turd. He's old. <laughs> that too. <laughs> It's very age with old people. They're frail. <laughs> Take it from this man who's an expert on the on the matter. <laughs> Geriatrics, surprisingly. I pick not them that up tough. off the floor all the time. <laughs> hey hey Rex, what's your job description? I pick up, up old, old people. people. <laughs> <laughs> to help them. Yes. I just want to clarify. They consent. It's consensual picking up. <laughs> That's important. They're still alive. <laughs> uh, oh, God, yeah. No, most, we don't. Most of the time. 
Anyway, the point here in this scene is that while Buffy passed the test, Giles failed the test, and Giles is fired. Yeah, they can't fire him from being a librarian, though. No, they cannot. They can't make him leave Sunnydale, but he is no longer a watcher. Yeah, and if he interferes, which he makes it evident that he plans to, he will be dealt with. Buffy tells Quentin the only way that she can on uh, normal with normal TV censorship to fuck off. And does it rather well. She says, bite me. <laughs> and he says, oh, colorful girl. Mm. Like, yeah, fuck off, Quentin. And he leaves like he fucking should. Don't let the door hit you on the ass on the way out. Exactly. So... Giles, and just wrapping up the scene, Giles has a little moment with Buffy, and he's helping her tend to this huge gash on her forehead that looks very painful. This is the most beaten up we've ever seen Buffy. Yeah, it's a pretty big fucking gash. They actually went all out with her makeup on this. They did. So, Buffy's house for the wrap-up. Yep. Where, like you said, Joyce seems kind of part of the Scooby gang now. Yeah. What the fuck is up with that? Well, because Oz was like, how did you end up killing Kralik anyway? And Joyce butts in. She's like, oh, Buffy was super clever. Kudos on Joyce, at least a little bit. Yeah. For giving Buffy credit the way she should. No, but I actually, I didn't have a problem with even her butting in because she was she was gloating she was proud of her daughter and she was like oh my god it was so amazing oh but and then extra kudos but you can tell it because you tell it better yeah no i had zero issues with the way joyce handled that not redeeming but slightly in that direction yeah it it was it was actually admittedly kind of fun to see her in this scenario just interacting with them that way And then, we couldn't go a whole episode without a little bit of Nice Guy Xander. <laughs> <laughs> this, was, this was probably the most fun Nice Guy Xander that they yeah. could have pulled out. Yes. Because, well, okay, it wasn't quite so much Nice Guy Xander as it was tongue-in-cheek Nice Guy Xander. Yeah. It was... A very self-aware Xander of, hey, I've been a dick. I'm going to just kind of play on that a little bit for the comedy right he's, now. He's very purposefully, ironically like, hey, you need help with that jar there, little lady? She's like, you're enjoying this way too much. <laughs> and he knows it. Yeah. And that's the joke. Exactly. No, but this was actually a very charming moment for Xander. My, my favorite part, though, is he can't open the jar either. You want to <laughs> help me out with this, Will? And you know, kudos to uh, Nicholas Brendan on his physical acting. Yeah. It, it was mainly in his facial expression. Like, I could tell he wasn't really wrenching on it. Right. They should have used a glass jar. I've never had a problem with a plastic peanut butter right. jar. Right. But glass jars all the time, those are the ones that get stuck. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a, me- a molecular thing that causes, because uh, the way uh, sticky substances interact with glass. Hmm. Because I think glass is a specific kind of porousness versus plastic. That's very interesting. Ger arg. I-, I might actually have to look that up later. Okay. Yeah, ger arg. Ger arg. Ger fucking arg. They say young people don't learn anything in high school nowadays, but um, I've learned to be afraid. Thank you. 
So what was the uh, story about that alligator? What's your quote of the day? Okay, my quote of the day, because I can't think of a better one off the top of my head. I'm going to go with Cordelia saying, All right, but if the world's not ending, I'm going to need a note. <laughs> and you know what? Valid fucking argument. Yeah, absolutely. I gotta go with... If I was at my full Slayer power, I'd be punning about now. Ooh, yeah, that was good. Because if nothing else, it confirms that her punning one-liner ability is a Slayer power. And that just makes me all happy inside. <laughs> it gives you the warm fuzzies? It does. It gives me a happy. It, <laughs> <laughs> it causes your interior to be a baby corgi. Yes! Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Did you like the episode? You know, I like the episode better now. But as I was watching it, I was like, this is fucking stupid. I thought it was out of character for Giles to, Definitely. to um, not call bullshit. on. Like, he did call bullshit, but he still went along with it. And I'm like, no, Giles has way more integrity than that. He would never do this to Buffy. There's no fucking way. And I thought the villain was dumb, but after joking about him a little bit and hearing your opinion, I, I tend to be a little susceptible to peer pressure that way. <laughs> I enjoy it a little more now. But for the most part, I felt like this was a pretty dumb episode. I thought the first half was dumb. The moment that Kralik broke free and he started kind of toying with Buffy, I enjoyed that. The serial killer-esque aspects of his character, I enjoyed a fuck ton. Yeah, it, it had a very, here's Johnny yeah, kind of feeling exactly. to it. Exactly. I think this character, had they fleshed him out, could have carried a couple of episodes. I think he would have been fucking excellent for a couple of episodes. I think this actor was wasted on this role. Exactly. He actually comes back as another character. Oh, good. In Buffy. Um, a warlock later on dealing with Willow. That's fun. Yeah. You know, when he was still tied up in the crate, I thought for a second that they were reusing Rasmataz. Right. Just for a second. He looked a lot like him. Yeah. Like when it, in the way that his jaw is set. Yeah. And because he had that thing on his head, he kind of had that, that same facial yep. structure from that angle. But the moment he wasn't in the straitjacket and wasn't pinned in the coffin, his, he wa his stature wasn't quite to the level of Rasmataz. Yeah, no, he's, he's a way thinner build. Yeah. And I think I also agree with you that this is outrageously out of character for Giles, and that's bullshit. Yeah. Um, they, the writers of this show are better than that. Yeah. It feels forced, and like they're just trying to stir up some drama. Between Buffy and Giles, yep. that was unnecessary. They they could have pulled it off, I think, had they done some sort of like scene where they were like leveraging something against Giles to force his hand in the situation. Yeah, that would have I made me feel a lot better about it. It's going to be interesting in episodes to come, or at least next episode, to see how they handle a different um, yeah. watcher. And I'm wondering, is this? When Wesley comes in? It is. It is, okay. It is when Wesley shows up. I didn't realize he shows up so fucking early. Yeah, well, I mean, it's only half a season before Angel starts. Yeah, true. And he runs straight over to Angel, I'm pretty sure. Um, I or think does it's it take like the, a, the second or third season. It takes a couple seasons? Yeah. Okay. That's That sounds oh, familiar. I can't remember fully, 
Well, oh yeah, we want to take this moment to talk a little bit about another podcast that we really like, The Bingeables. Are you looking for a TV-centric podcast? Give The Bingeables podcast a try. Co-hosts and partners in crime, Chin Lin and Isaac, are geeks who love to watch TV and recommend The Bingeable ones. There's so many shows out there, sometimes you need a little hand in trying to figure out what to watch next. The Bingeables podcast dives deep into episodes of shows like Disenchantment and Firefly and more. Stick around on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and all your top podcast platforms for the next show to binge. Follow on Twitter at BingeablesPod to engage in the conversation. So yeah, definitely check those guys out. They're neat folks. This has been Beer with Buffy. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, review us on iTunes. We love iTunes reviews. And don't forget, we have a t-shirt contest coming up. All you have to do is check out our Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash beer with Buffy for full details. You can email us with any questions, concerns, or comments at beerwithbuffy at gmail.com. You can always leave us a voicemail or a text at 269-743-0783. As always, a big thank you to Benjamin Alexander and Reggie Page for all of our opening, closing, and transition music. This has been Beer with Buffy. I'm Josh. I'm Rex. And again... Thank you to all our Patreon supporters for the beer that we drank this episode. Woo! Have a good night. Keanu Speed Rex. Reeves be with you. Whoa. <laughs> That's never going to get old. Nope. You enslave yourself to this cult. You don't like the color? You have a sacred birthright. You've chosen to destroy the vampires. done why are we watching this <laughs>